This is Talking Points, a public affairs podcast from Lessig and Camper Communications, offering insights on the people, policies, and issues impacting Ohio and other regions of the country. Too many people have just not chosen to take advantage of these modern miracles, these opportunities to protect themselves and protect the people they love from what now are essentially vaccine-preventable illnesses. Welcome to Talking Points. This is Mark Rickle with Lessick Camper Communications. For this episode, we're pleased to be joined by Greene County Health Commissioner Melissa Howell and Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff, Director of the Ohio Department of Health, who will share their perspectives and deep knowledge of immunizations and the importance of utilizing public health data. We're talking about immunizations as part of our work with the Immunization Advocacy Network of Ohio, or IANO, which is a coalition of immunization providers and supporters who share information, best practices, and serve as a collective voice to advocate for immunizations in Ohio. The goal of IANO is to educate lawmakers, policy decision makers, opinion leaders, and the public on the value of vaccines. Melissa, Dr. Vanderhoff, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, so let's start with the basics, Dr. Vanderhoff. Why are vaccinations so critical to maintaining uh, healthy communities, schools, and uh, even workplaces in the state of Ohio? Well, let me begin again by thanking you for for having me, especially to talk about this. I mean, this is such a vitally important topic. Um, You know, I've shared in, in other settings that it is not an understatement to say that vaccines have utterly transformed modern living. Uh, we, we just don't see the same tragedies that our parents and grandparents routinely encountered, you know, whether it was uh, uh, people they knew who became paralyzed or uh, people they knew who had um, lifelong problems as a result of what we now consider to be a completely avoidable infection. Infections from things like polio, you know, measles, mumps. But, you know, sadly, and we've seen this from some recent outbreaks, um, too many people have just not chosen to take advantage of these modern miracles, these opportunities to protect themselves and protect the people they love from what now are essentially vaccine-preventable illnesses uh, and so it, it's it's an important topic for a doctor like me, especially one focused on public health in the state, because I, I know that we have so much opportunity to alleviate suffering and and help so many people in our state. Well, and Melissa, as as our kids are all heading back to the classroom, uh, we know some Ohio children are still playing catch up uh, on their vaccines. Um, how are public health experts encouraging parents and caretakers to to get their kids ready for school with the proper immunizations? Yeah, so um, essential immunization levels have decreased worldwide uh, since the pandemic. And those delays are, you know, just the routine immunizations that children get at their well-child visits uh, each year. So missing vaccination, as Dr. Vanderhoff pointed out, Um, puts kids at higher risk for catching serious preventable diseases 
things like measles, mumps, rubella, meningitis, and pertussis. So this catch-up that we're going through is a way to just restore immunization levels to what they were before the pandemic to get back that layer of protection for our communities. So all um, a lot of partners have a role in helping us with that uh, catch up, whether it be local public health, the Ohio Department of Health, healthcare providers, our schools, our pharmacies, uh, the communities, parents, child care providers, they all have a role in this uh, catch up. So each one can be knowledgeable about the vaccines that are provided to children. Each one of those partners can be knowledgeable about the diseases that affect children. They can also know about the safety and efficacy of vaccines that are available. And they can also know where you can go in your local community. So um, we need to encourage families and caretakers who surround these children um, to check with their physician locally to see if they're behind on their vaccinations. They can check with a healthcare provider to see if they're up to date, check with your local health department. And, um, you know, we provide reminders to families, whether it be through social media, through press releases, uh, or through direct mailings uh, to remind them to get those vaccinations and stay on schedule. So any effective campaign in a community is going to reduce or eliminate the threat of disease. And we do that through informing and educating our communities. Um, doctor's offices, pharmacies, local health districts, insurance providers, health centers, freestanding clinics may be able to either provide the vaccine or refer you to a place in your local community that is offering vaccine. Um, we do know that there's various ways to um, implement a campaign. Uh, in some communities, they will even use, you know, cash incentives to help get at-risk individuals vaccinated. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. Um... There were some good news recently emerged after a potentially bad situation in central Ohio last year. In November, there was a measles outbreak in Columbus and it began and lasted uh, uh, through the beginning of 2023. The outbreak resulted in 85 reported cases, uh, 36 hospitalizations. Thankfully, no one, um, there were no deaths. But the impact on the patient's health and the overall cost and the strain to the healthcare system, they were significant. The good news, uh, a study led by Nationwide Children's Hospitals, uh, Dr. Rosemary Martoma, found that Central Ohio's full vaccination rate was significantly below the threshold protective against a measles outbreak or rather the uh, herd immunity. The study created a statistical model to estimate Central Ohio's immunity gap. And at the beginning of uh, at the beginning of the uh, measles outbreak, why this is important? Because utilizing the data, the model estimated the transmissibility of the virus during the outbreak, and having the model in place allowed the public health experts to work quickly and efficiently to end the outbreak. This all leads to uh, another part of our discussion today: is vaccines registries and the data collected. Why do we have them and why do we need them? Um, Dr. Vanderhoff, why are vaccine re registries such a critical tool in healthcare? Yeah, I think that the study that you just referenced is one great example of why these vaccine registries can actually be helpful, right? They can help us think about uh, our situation on the ground and, and where we have opportunity. But, you know, I think we need to take a step back and ask ourselves, well, what are these? I think we're all very sensitive to our personal health information. And the one thing I want to make absolutely clear is these registries 
absolutely respect our personal health information. So, you know, essentially these are confidential, population-based. So we're looking at the overall population, computerized databases that allow us to record every immunization immunization dose that's given. Uh, and the providers are the people who help us in- input that information. Uh, but then what happens with it beyond there? Well, there's one aspect to these databases that helps us as patients. Because, you know, when we go see a provider, we go see our doctor, a nurse practitioner, we go to the CVS, uh, you know, or, or some other, you know, pharmacy-based clinic where we want to get a shot. It's important to us, I think, to know that we're only getting the shots we need. And these databases allow a provider to look and double check your immunization record and say, you know what, I've looked here, you're actually good to go, you don't need this shot, or you need the following shots. But that's treated very confidentially because it's it's personal health information and it really can't be used for any other purpose than your healthcare. Now at a population level, we can look at that in aggregate. Uh, and these uh, ISSs, these information systems, allow us to aggregate the data and look at it to help guide our public health decisions and efforts. They help us to look and say, okay, where might we have more uh, opportunity for greater education and support and be able to direct our limited resources to the areas most in need? So very different approaches, but when a Department of Health becomes involved, rest assured, the limitations are that's aggregate information. It's only at the point of your confidential interaction with your provider that that information that's entered in there is able to port from one provider to another, which is, I think, what we all want it to do. And and that's a great point. Uh, Melissa, how can vaccine, vaccine knowledge assist or slow down a response to the potential health crisis? Well, I think the short answer is initially um, it it would not uh, impact our ability to um, gear up that initial response. I think vaccine knowledge, you know, once we have a report of a serious health disease threat in our community, we, along with several partners, will swing into action right away. Um, the public health system, you know, goes beyond just a local public health district, beyond the Ohio Department of Health. It's all of our community partners who um, are gonna swing into action to help protect the community from a disease threat. Um, Containing that spread is what might be affected, say by vaccine knowledge, and could actually delay uh, getting to the end of whatever this disease threat is. Um, Some of those challenges exist, yes, because of aging uh, systems that we have. Some of them uh, are challenges that uh, might have to do with the system's interoperability or way to communicate throughout the public health and medical system. But uh, diseases do ebb, Um, they do go away uh, in time, even if it's a pandemic, it will go away because people will either be so far apart that they can no longer transmit that disease to one another. Sometimes the germs just get tired and they give out and sometimes vaccines and therapeutic 
uh, measures play a critical role in ebbing the spread of any disease. But I think initially uh, that vaccine knowledge does not necessarily uh, challenge us. So, um, and, and Dr. Vanderhoff, you, you had mentioned the uh, Ohio Impact Statement or Statewide Immunization Information System. Is there, yeah. what are the differences between that and the, and the Ohio Disease Reporting System? Yeah, it's a very good question. And it, it, they're very important, but separate systems that sometimes work together. So we talked about our, our immunization registry. Uh, the actual name for it in Ohio is Impact SIS. Uh, but it's uh, simply an immunization um, uh, registry. Uh, in addition, we also have a system for tracking uh, uh, disease outbreaks, and it's called the Ohio Disease Reporting System, and it's the state's disease surveillance system. Uh, these two systems, though, sometimes need to work together. Uh, so we may have, for example, a reportable condition, a reportable illness, that happens to also be vaccine pre preventable. Let's say the flu, or in the recent case in central Ohio, measles. Part of the information we collect during our case investigation uh, is the uh, vaccine history, which we're able to derive from impact system, just determine, are we dealing with people who may be at risk? For the disease, are we dealing with a situation where we may have had, for some reason, uh, a vaccine failure? So there are two different systems that sometimes work together. And, and specifically to, um, as what Dr. Vanderhoff pointed out earlier, but for anyone who has those concerns about privacy and security, both of those systems uh, are private systems where people's health information does not just get out. Uh, the individuals who may be researching or responding to any of these disease threats are generally uh, public health and medical professionals uh, providing, you know, the best guidance and recommendations that they can. Yes, that's a very important that. point uh, that Melissa's making. In yeah. fact, the safeguards are so robust there that it, these medical professionals who are um, able to look in at an individual's record can only do it in the context of uh, the care of that individual uh, and their own professional license is at risk uh, if God forbid that there would be uh, a, uh, a violation of that. So um, each individual's protected health information, which this would be, uh, is treated with absolute confidentiality and that's nationwide. So there is a, a very strict set of, of safeguards there. Great. That is a very important point to make. Thank you for doing that. But uh, this is for both of you, actually. I mean, what what changes would you you know recommend or do you think that need to be made within these registry or what would be helpful? Well, I'll, I'll be happy to get started. You know, right now, the Department of Health is investing in both our infrastructure and our systems with an eye towards improving the timeliness with which we're able to respond to uh, either an infectious disease or or um, some other um, health-related event that these systems uh, can inform. Uh, now, that requires us to do work that goes beyond the Department of Health, uh, the Ohio Department of Health, because, you know, as I mentioned, we work with providers all across the state. And so we have to make sure that um, our systems are able to communicate effectively with their systems. 
uh, to and that we what we have is um, a smooth, uh, uh, easy transfer of this information, but that it happens in a completely protected and uh, secure way. Uh, so what that means is that we're working very actively on how our information systems can be continuously updated, but do so in a way that synchronizes with the information systems that our hospital systems, for example, have, and our local health departments have, uh, uh, which is a complex undertaking. But uh, we're, I think, making very, very good strides uh, in that um, arena. But it really highlights how important collaboration is in the public health environment. Uh, the Department of Health certainly has work it has to do inside of you know its operations, but it can't do that in a vacuum. Uh, it has to work with doctors and nurses and hospitals and local health departments all across the state to do that in a way that works for them as well. And and Melissa, how about on on your you know more local level? I think Dr. Vanderhoff has spoken very well to this. Uh, structurally, you know, overall, some of those interoperability issues uh, are going to be critical. Uh, more at the local level, I think there are technical tweaks that Ohio Department of Health is involved with, just making sure that we capture kind of core data, you know, core demographic data, um, being in touch with people, making sure that they have uh, an accurate history on their vaccination records in the system. Uh, would be helpful at the local level when we're responding to the, these emergencies. Wonderful. And and uh, I want to just take it back to, you know, we're, you know, heading into that back to school season and, uh, you know, let's go back to vaccinations, but, uh, you know, what, what information or what resources uh, are available? Where can, you know, where do you recommend families, parents, uh, individuals go or uh, to seek more information? Well, I know our website, specifically here in Greene County, would, which is www.gcph.info, uh, under one of our uh, services tab, you're going to find immunization information. And that's going to link you, uh, depending on what you're looking for, to the CDC, to the FDA regarding um, safetyness, effectiveness, uh, current vaccination schedules. Uh, and then we would also have a link back to the Ohio Department of Health, which would include the latest immunization schedule required for schools in Ohio. Great. Thank you, Melissa. Uh, Dr. Vanderhoff, anything to add to that? Well, uh, yeah, I do want to uh, uh, emphasize the uh, fact that the Department of Health has, I think, a very good immunization website that you can turn to. It's kind of a long tagline. The e easiest way <laughs> to get to it is if you just Google Ohio Department of Health immunization the page you land on as your first result should be uh, the Ohio Department of Health's immunization site. So that's a source for some really, really good information about uh, our immunization efforts around the state. But, you know, at the beginning, I was speaking to the importance of immunizations and vaccination. And one of the things that I also want to emphasize is the importance of just getting your child in as you head into a new school year for their annual well visit with their provider. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's your primary care provider, your family doctor, your pediatrician, uh, and their office uh, 
oftentimes working in close partnership with your local health department, who are your best resource for all the questions and information you may have about your vaccinations and your your, your child's uh, vaccinations. So uh, th- that's a direction I want to point people toward. I also want to remind people that um, if your situation is that your family does not have health insurance or your health insurance isn't covering vaccines, the Ohio Department of Health works to supply vaccines free of cost to providers who enroll in the Vaccine for Children's program. It's a federally funded program that provides vaccines at no cost to children who might not otherwise be able to get vaccinated. So I, that that importance of getting in and, and, and talking with a knowledgeable provider about vaccines, so important. And don't let those um, understandable concerns about insurance coverage be a barrier to that vaccination conversation. Very important point to make. Thank you for doing so. Melissa, Dr. Vanderhoff, thank you so much for coming on this morning and sharing um, and uh, appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Talking Points. You can download previous podcast episodes by visiting lessitcamper.com slash talking points or searching directories such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google.